Welcome back to the Librarian Linkover Podcast. I am your host, Laureen Kennard. We are almost 70 episodes into my podcast. My guests continue to change the paradigm on how people view our skills, which has always been the goal of the Librarian Linkover. My guests are showcasing our skills being used outside of libraries to demonstrate that we can provide value in any environment. Most of my guests are not working in official libraries, but what I'm hearing from librarians working in libraries is that they want to stay in their library or move to another type of library. This podcast is helping librarians view their skill sets more clearly. I've been thinking about all of this feedback I've been getting, as well as thinking about some of the difficult environments that some librarians are experiencing. I'm realizing that I need to do more to support librarians working in libraries by highlighting their writing projects or other side businesses. If timing being everything, my guest today just published a book. The only thing better than librarians writing books is talking to them on my podcast. My guests today are Suzanne S. LaPierre and Chris Barbushak. They are the co-authors of Desegregation in Northern Virginia Libraries from History Press. Suzanne is Virginiana Specialist Librarian at the Fairfax County Public Library. Chris is manager of the Virginia Room at the City of Fairfax Regional Library. They are both based in Virginia. Suzanne went to the University of South Carolina for her library degree. It's always great to have another Gamecock on my podcast. Chris has worked in libraries in Chicago, which is one of my favorite places. I'm excited to talk to both of them. Suzanne and Chris, welcome to the Librarian Linkover. Oh, thanks for having us, Laureen. We're delighted to be here. So tell us how you got the idea for this book and why you wanted to write it. Well, it started back in April 2021. We received an email from our library director, Jessica Hudson. There had been a library board meeting for new library board members that had just been onboarded on the, the library board. And one of them had wanted to know if Fairfax County Public Library was ever segregated. And if it wasn't segregated, how is it possible that the school systems were segregated while the library wasn't? And were there any other limiters that may have been in place at the time? So this question got directed to us and we went and went digging. So we split the research duties. I looked into what was going on in Fairfax County Public Library and Suzanne took a look at what was going on in Northern Virginia as a whole. And we were directed to, after we completed our research to give a presentation before the board, which was in September, 2021. And once we reached that point, we gave the presentation, the whole board was like, you need to write a book. And that's what took our research and turned into a book. No pressure, right? That's right. <laughs> so how did you decide, other than the board telling you, that you wanted the content to be in a book and not a long journal article? Well, we could tell right away that the amount of content that we were finding was going to be book length content. In fact, our, our publisher had to hold us back because we had a lot more we wanted to put in the book. And the publisher was like, you need to cut 50,000 words from this manuscript. And we were like, oh no, <laughs> what do we cut? It's all important, you know. But the, um, it's public, it, the, it, there's over 100 um, photographs in the book. So it's published on this very glossy, nice paper. And I probably, my guess is that it would have been too expensive for the publisher to add another 50 pages or whatever. So um, probably in the interest of keeping the the book price, you know, reasonable, they they wanted to keep the book to about two hundred pages. Um, but we definitely had a lot of content. And we're still finding more content. You know, the book is is finished, but the research is not finished. Where we 
we had a book launch um, party on Saturday and people who were descendants of the people in the civil rights activists that we write about in this book came to the book launch and were telling us, you know, more information. So it's just like, it keeps, it keeps growing and growing, you know, what we're learning from this. And um, so, yeah, so it was definitely a, um, we knew it had to be a book. We were thinking about whether should we just put it like the content on our website because we have a ton of information, a ton of links to to good resource research material on our Virginia Room uh, part of the website, um, part of our library's website. But um, we could tell it was going to be too much even for that. So, and we also thought books were it would be a much more easier way to get these stories and the actions and and the hard fought. Uh, efforts of these civil rights leaders in our community to desegregate the library. We wanted to get that out as as widely as possible. We thought books was was the best way to do that, writing a book rather, rather than a journal. Did you know the descendants of your subjects were going to be at your book launch, or did they come up to you and say, oh, my mom, my dad was this person? Yep, the latter. They just kind of spoke up and said, hey, I'm one of, the, one of them was related to two of the families that we talk about in the book. And um, the other one, yeah, she was sitting, the other one was sitting in the back and she was just like, excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> you know, and she chiming in, which was great because, you know, um, I told Chris, next time we talk, we should invite them to like come up, you know, come up in the front with us and answer questions. And because, um, you know, it's valuable to have the input of people who who remember um, some of these things um, happening um, or maybe they remember family members stories about these things happening. Um and that was one of the things that we did when we wrote this book. We actually did reach out to a lot of longtime residents of the county and in Northern Virginia, uh, former library employees, both black and white, to see what they remembered. So we did tap into that as well. But there's definitely more stories that are out there. That, And like as Suzanne mentioned, the research continues. You might need a podcast. That's right. an episode podcast. <laughs> um, when a lot of when librarians think they want to write books, one of the biggest questions you get is, how do you find a publisher? So how did you find a publisher? So this is where being a librarian really helps, because I think you see all the books coming in all the time, and, and we have a better idea about, you know, which publishers publish what kind of material than, than your average non-librarian person. So we, uh, and we work in the history and genealogy um, special research collection of our public library system. So we we knew that the History Press was the largest publisher of local history books. Um, so we did, we, we reached out to them first and um, and they accepted our project. So one and done. Great, that's great. Um, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but can you say more about how you split the research up, like the research and the writing? Did you both do both or what was your writing process like? Yeah, so yeah, as we mentioned at the beginning, um, I looked specifically originally at just what was going on in Fairfax County. And Suzanne looked at what was going on in Northern Virginia Hole, which is like Loudoun, Prince William, Arlington, Alexandria counties. And we both kind of, when we, we wrote a report before we published a book, it was a hundred page report and it was just split in two. So the first section was all Fairfax County and the rest was kind of Northern Virginia as a whole. Once we got this publishing contract, then we kind of dug a little bit deeper. I took on looking more deeply into Prince William and Falls Church. And Suzanne took on looking more at like Washington DC and other neighboring jurisdictions and other notable cases that happened in, in Virginia. So that's how we did that. So you, it might notice in the book, like certain sections like Fairfax County is gonna be much longer because that was the one where we spent the most time researching. Um, and Prince William and Falls Church were a little bit more in depth because that had never really been looked into or researched before. And yeah, that's kind of how we did that. Yes. 
How did your library skills help you in the writing process? Obviously, your research skills came in handy and finding a publisher. But were there any other library skills that you uh, you pulled out of your bag of tricks while you're working on the book? Well, as librarians, as you can imagine, we answer a lot of e-reference questions. So we kind of have to have this knowledge of how to write a somewhat coherent and grammatically correct response to questions. So after years of, of having this experience, that kind of comes in handy when, when actually writing a book. And I would say citation that we know the importance of citations because everything that we put in the book, we 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 have end notes for um, because we know the importance of people who read this who want to know where did they find that information. They can look in the end notes and they can if they want to know more about that. That's that's where they can find more information because I think when you're writing history, like you're putting a piece in the puzzle and you're hoping more people are going to come along in the future and put more pieces in the puzzle so they can find where we got the information and they can if they want to do more in depth research into that particular place or person or time, they can they can jump off from there. So. We have a lot of end notes in there. <laughs> there is. And an index, which is really important for us to include as well. You can't beat a book with an index. Yeah, right. Yeah. We know the importance of being able to find the information that you need in the book and also being able to find from the book where to find more on the topic. So I think as librarians, we wanted to make sure that our, our book was um, accessible that way. Great. Researchers will appreciate that. How did you handle writer's block if you had any? I mean, there's so much content you might not have actually had, you know, any too much of a problem. Yeah, I think that because of the um, because we were so excited with what we found during the research project, it was like we gotta get this down. You know, I think we both felt the same way. I'll speak for Chris, and he can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think we both felt like, you know, wow, this is this is important stuff. This is not out there. We need to get this down. And so, um, the writing part came fairly easily. But I'm a person who likes to write anyway, so. Um, so that was that part was was fairly easy for me, and like I said, we actually went like beyond what our publisher could fit in, fit in the pages of our book. So I wouldn't say I had writer's block per se, but it, it was a challenge for me in terms of I love researching. That's my favorite part, and just like finding more and more and more, digging deep. And then the hardest part for me was sitting down and like kind of distilling and compiling all that information to something that was logical and, and made sense and actually somebody would actually want to read this and it wasn't super dull. So that I kind of had to like challenge myself to like, all right, I'm sitting down today. I'm committing to writing at least to this point in time. And that's kind of how I trained myself to do it. We have very different styles when it comes to that because I kind of write, I write as I go along and, and Chris compiles all this research and then writes. Interesting. But Make it worked. Team. Yeah. <laughs> What suggestions can you give librarians who want to write books? I would say make sure you're committed to the topic because it is a very labor intensive process. And, um, uh, you know, obviously do your literature review and see what's already out there. Maybe there is a lot of stuff already out there, but you have a unique angle on it, which is cool. But just you don't want to have to reinvent the wheel by, you know, researching, you know, uh, you know, covering a lot of research that's already out there. So, um, um, yeah. And I would say just do it. If you've got a passion to tell a story, follow that passion. And, and that uh, this reference question that we got really turned into a labor of love for Suzanne and I and became very passionate about it because nobody had ever really written about what was going on during Jim Crow of these libraries being segregated and the experiences that 
people of color would experience being denied library service and library access. And Nobi had really written very much about the activism that local civil rights pioneers in Northern Virginia had done to work tirelessly to desegregate these libraries. So it, it, if you have a passion to get a story out there, follow it and, and just do it. Yeah, good advice. If you were teaching a library school course on writing books, what are two or three projects you would assign your students? Well, once again, as, as I was just saying, I would start with the literature review, see what's already out there, um, see what unique angle you might be able to bring to that research. Um, and um, my second project would be to find primary sources on the topic that you want to write about. That could be um, material from the archives. It could be oral histories. So I'd have them make a list of those um, sources. And then third, I would think about like your collaborators. Like, do you want to have a co-author? Do you want to, you know, are you, how can you collaborate with other people um, in, in the field or in adjacent fields um, who might be able to bring a different perspective to your topic? I think it's easy when you have a book to think of it like it's your own baby and you don't want to share it. But I think in most cases, you're, you're going to have a better book if you have input from from the community, from other professionals, from colleagues. Where can people find the book? The big question. I know there's been a lot of interest. Um, and what events do you have planned around the publication? You just had your launch party? We did. We just had it on Saturday. It was a lot of fun. It was the first book launch party that Suzanne and I ever had because this is our first book that we wrote. Um, it could be purchased just about anywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target selling it. Um, any Pretty much any independent bookstore is selling it. Um, independent book bookstores like Politics and Prose in Washington, D.C. and Scrawl Books in Reston, Virginia. Yeah. So, Great. As, as far as events coming up, we have um, a talk at the Thomas Balch Library in um, in Leesburg, which is a um, an, ar an archive and reference collection type of library, which we write about in the book. Um, Chris is going to give a talk at the um, Prince William County um, Archives. The Relic Room, that'll be uh, in mid-March, and we're lining up some other places as well. Yeah, we had some interest um, when we had our book launch on Saturday. We were approached by somebody from George Mason University's OSHA Learning Center, which is like the adult learning center um, part of the university. So she wanted us to do something there in the fall. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to go to staff day, which is, uh, we, we have a huge library system. We have 24 branches. Our county is over a million people. And we have a staff day when like all the libraries close one day out of the year and everybody goes to staff day for, for training and stuff. So we're going to do something there for all of our library staff colleagues in all the branches. And um, uh, we have a fall for the book festival here in Fairfax. Um, so we're hoping to, to get in there. That's in the fall. It's usually October. And maybe the Virginia Library Association. Yeah. Wow, that's exciting. I'm excited to, to see uh, where all you are asked to, to be, and hopefully you'll sell a lot of books. I feel like it was a book that had to be written. That's how we felt, felt about it. Like, this is a story that has to be written. And I think that's when you have that feeling, that's what gets you through, like you're talking about writer's block or the, you know, the tough parts of the project. Like, if you feel like you have a story that needs to be told, like you, you're willing to plow through all the work that <laughs> is required to, to get a book finished. And it's worth it. We can, we can tell you that after having gone through it. <laughs> Speaking of that, do you have any ideas or plans for future books? You could probably do a part two for this one, or do you have any other any other future plans? I know you're still in the middle, just beginning of the promotion for this one, but do you have any other ideas or plans for anything else? We have a couple of ideas. Um, we thought about doing a, a version of this book for young people. 
because it's a very accessible topic. Kids, kids have been to the library. Um, kids can understand that it wasn't fair that some people didn't get to use the library. And, but we would put a positive spin on it of, you know, these are some, you know, really admirable citizens of Virginia who work to make library services more accessible to, to their community. You know, put we put a spotlight on the the um, the inspirational stories of the the civil rights activists. Um, if we're you know writing for kids, um, and we there's another big story I think that's there is the the black librarians who ran some of these segregated libraries during Jim Crow and what an amazing job they did with very limited resources at the time. Um, there's a story there. There's Chris wrote enough about the city of Falls Church. I was like, Chris, you got to write a, just a book about like. The false church or the false church library system because but i kind of got carried away i'd say for those chapters because nobody has ever written <laughs> like a comprehensive history about the false church public library or even the prince william public library so that's kind of why those chapters are a little bit longer to kind of that was kind of the opportunity to kind of throw some extra context in there yeah well i'm interested to see if more of the descendants of these people come to more of your events i think that's super interesting we hope so, yeah. We, we hope we can capture their recollections for, for posterity as well. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. I can't wait to read the book. Oh, thanks, thanks Laurie. Yeah. Thanks. I enjoy thank listening you to, to Suzanne your podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I enjoy listening to your podcast. So it's really fun to be on the other side of and be um, interviewed with you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you to Suzanne S. LaPierre and Chris Barbushak for being my guests today on the Librarian Linkover. Thank you to everyone for supporting my guests. I've heard from guests and listeners that they are connecting, following, even hiring each other, buying products, and having great conversations. We are building a wonderful community around the Librarian Linkover. Please continue to like and follow the Librarian Linkover on your favorite podcast app. I use the Stitcher podcast app, so I don't see the Apple ratings. But someone told me I have some five-star ratings. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm.